Thank you for joining us to hear today's message. At Faith Assembly, our passion and purpose is loving people to life in Christ. To find out more information, visit our website, faithnewcumberland.com. He is risen. Amen. Wow, we have lots to celebrate today, lots to be grateful for this morning. Would you take your Bibles out, turn to John chapter 9 with me this morning? Today is Resurrection Day. You know, we each, all, each of us go through tough times in life, you know? Have you had down days, tough times, you just felt like things weren't going your way? And uh, Jesus was on that cross, he was hanging there, but he had told his disciples, don't worry, <laughs> don't you worry, I'll be coming back. And so he, he couldn't, they couldn't keep him on that cross. They couldn't keep him on the grave. He rose again. And so today we want to talk about the idea that God calls us out of darkness and into light. God calls us out of darkness and into light. Jesus came to bring light to dark places. Amen? Isn't that good news? We don't have to get, be stuck in the darkness. Jesus came to call us out of darkness and into light. Here's what the Bible says, a few verses. John 8 says this, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. John 12, Jesus says, I have come into the world as a light, so that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. Paul says this in Ephesians 5, for you were once darkness. Think about that. Before Jesus was in your life, we were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. That video, I just love that, the imagery, the darkness and the light. Before Christ, we were trapped in our sin. We were trapped in the destiny of darkness, but then Jesus came into our lives, amen, and he changed us and he brought us from the kingdom of darkness into his kingdom of light. And Paul says, he says, now you are a light in the Lord. Live as children of light. We need to be reminded of that. Sometimes the enemy wants to woo us back into the darkness, right? But when we've made a decision, when we've surrendered our all to Jesus, we need to walk and live as children of light. First Peter 2 says this, but you are a chosen people. Turn to your neighbor and say, you are a chosen people. You're a chosen person, actually, right? A royal priesthood. Turn to your neighbor and say, you are a royal priest in the name of Jesus. A holy nation. Say, you are holy in Jesus' name. God's special possession. Turn to your neighbor and say, you are God's special possession. That you may declare the praises of him. That's what we did this morning. We declared his praises. Who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. Not just into light, but into his marvelous, into his wonderful life. Isn't that good news? Let's pray today. Jesus, help us today. Thank you for calling us out of darkness and calling us into your marvelous light, Jesus. Thank you for the work that you have done. Thank you for the work that you are doing. Thank you for the work that you will do in us and through us. In Jesus' name, and someone shouted, amen. amen. John chapter 9, I said to turn there, turn with me there this morning. I was going to share something else, but this story just keeps coming back in my heart and my spirit for this morning. So John chapter 9, this is a story when Jesus heals a man born blind, all right? 
And uh, there's just something about the story speaking to us about that God calling us out of darkness. It's a story about a man who was born physically blind. All his life, all he knew was darkness. He didn't know what light was. He didn't know what images were. He didn't know what people's faces looked like. Can you just imagine that for a moment? We're just so used to being in light and being able to see, but can you imagine living your life in total, utter darkness? It's just hard to even fathom, but this is, this is the situation this man was in. He could, probably couldn't even imagine what it would be. He probably gave up hope that he would ever see in the future. He had resigned himself that I'm a blind man. I will remain in darkness. The story reminds us of our spiritual darkness without Jesus. That each of us were born into a life where we don't see clearly. All right, that song, I can see clearly now. Jesus has come, right? This story reminds me, as I read this, that we are born just like that blind man. Maybe physically we can see, but spiritually we can't see. We can't see the right and the wrong. And last week, we rehearsed that about this idea that we're all born into sin. We all deserve God's judgment, but thanks be to God, there's grace. His amazing grace says that God's righteousness becomes our righteousness because of what Jesus has done when we put our faith and our trust in what he has done. We were all born into spiritual darkness. We all need the grace of God to shine his light into our lives. And sometimes that's just the first step for us to acknowledge our need for the Lord. Amen. All right, John chapter 9 says this. As he went along, Jesus, he saw a man blind from birth. Say blind from birth. It wasn't blind from an accident. It wasn't blind for a a moment. It wasn't blind temporarily. It was blind from birth. He wasn't just a boy. He wasn't just a child. He wasn't just a teenager. He was a grown man who was blind from birth. His disciples asked him to get into this theological discussion with Jesus. Hey, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Isn't that interesting, the disciples it gives us such hope, you know? Like, sometimes we feel like we mess up. Like, instead of focusing, hey, Jesus, how about we pray for this guy? Let's believe you to do a miracle. Hey, Jesus, whose fault that he's blind? Is it his fault or his parents' fault? You know, they get into this theological discourse. And Jesus says this, neither this man nor his parents. But this happened so that the work of God might be displayed in his life. Jesus sees darkness, but he says there's a purpose because I have a light for him. I have a light that's going to come into his life. It's going to glorify me, and it's going to bring light to this man, physical light and also spiritual light. As long as it's day, we must do the work of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. While I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. And then he does something we all wish Jesus would do for us. Having said this, Jesus spit on the ground. Can you imagine? He honked a loogie and he made a little mug. You just feel it, don't you feel it? Just feel the miracle, huh? Having said this, he spit on the ground. He made some mud with the saliva, saliva, okay? In Greek, that means honktalugi, all right? It's a very technical term there. And he put it on the man's eyes. And then he says this, go, 
washed in the pool of Siloam. The man went, he washed, and he came home what? Seeing. He came home seeing. What I love about this story is this man didn't expect anything. He was born blind. He had always been blind. He thought he was just resigned to be blind. And then Jesus showed up in his life. Sometimes in life, we just go through life resigned to who we are, what we've done, where our past has brought us. We'll always be this way. I will always, maybe you're not physically blind, but maybe it's something else in your life. Well, I'll always be this. This, My dad did this, and my dad was this way, and this is how I will always be. My mom was this way, and my parents, this happened to them, and this happened to my grandparents, and this is going to just happen to me. Sometimes we can be like that blind man, just resign ourselves to life's the, how life, the cards that life has dealt us. He was born blind. In his mind, all he knew was darkness. And all he thought he would know would be darkness. The question for us is, what dark areas have we maybe resigned our life to? I will always, I will always be this. I will always do this. I will never be able to do this. I will never, I will never be able to serve God like other people. I will never be able to walk in light like my friends. I will never be able to surrender completely. What darkness are we resigning our lives to? He was just sitting there, minding his own business, probably just comfortable in his life, just knowing that's what he was. The man wasn't asking, asking to be healed, but Jesus healed him. That's a picture of God's grace. The man wasn't asking to be healed. He was just minding his own business. But Jesus came along. He says, because of his darkness, I'm going to glorify myself through the situation. I'm going to bring healing to this man. Austin Jones this week, this weekend was youth convention. And um, wow, powerful weekend. Our teens were there. And I was able to be there for a little bit and watch some of the live streams. And Austin Jones shared his testimony. He was the evangelist missionary that shared this weekend. And he shared the story. I, I just thought I'd share it with you. He grew up in uh, not too far away, Perry County. How many know where Perry County is, all right? Newport, Pennsylvania. This is where he grew up. And he says, you know, I didn't do well in school. He, he just did not excel in school. He made bad choices with friends and decisions, and he had people and adults telling him, you know what, you're just going to be like every other Newport adult male that lives around there, on your, on your lawn chair with your NASCAR shirt on, drinking the cold beer, you know? And, and when he was growing up, that was kind of the culture there. Just You just sat on the street, you drank your beer, you had your NASCAR shirt on, and, uh, you know, but God, but God came into his life and he changed him. But he almost resigned himself. Well, that's just who I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be just another Newport man that just sits, sits and drinks beer and has my NASCAR shirt on, you know? But God had different plans for him. And he shared this weekend. He's now a missionary. He's now an evangelist. And he, he, he's planning churches and God's using it in a powerful way. But you know what? He could have resigned himself. Well, I'm just gonna be that I'm just going to be that person. I'm just going to be that man born blind for my entire life. But God called him out of darkness and into his life. Is God calling you today out of darkness and into light? The second thing I find interesting about the story is as we continue here, uh, it says a man, he came home seeing it says this in uh, verse eight, his neighbors and those who had formerly seen him begging asked, Isn't this the same man who used to sit and beg? 
Some claimed that he was. Others said, no, he only looks like him. But he himself insisted, I am the man. He had to convince them, this is me. You know, yes, I, I wasn't just a con. I wasn't just faking for 50 years that I was blind. I was really genuinely blind. Now I can see. Isn't that funny? It's interesting how the story goes. And they said, how, how then were your eyes open? He says, the man they called Jesus made some mud and put it on my eyes. He told me to go to Siloam and wash. So I went and washed and then I could see. Try explaining that to your friends, huh? your neighbors. Well, uh, some uh, preacher came in and honked a loogie on the ground and made some mud and stuck it in my eyes. I, I just can see now. This is to relate to the children that are in the audience. Loogies and spitting and they just like that. Right, right boys? And then here we go later on. The Pharisees, they get, they get a little upset. You know, Jesus, not only did he heal this man, but he, he did this on the Sabbath day. This was, this was a violation of the legalistic system of the Old Testament. And so they, like, we got to do something about this. And so they have a theological discussion. The, the disciples have a theological discussion. And they have, and they want to know exactly how this happened and why this happened. And what have you to say about him? They said to him, it was your eyes he opened. I love this. Later on, it says in verse 25, he says, he says, I don't know all the details. One thing I do know, I was blind, right. but now I see. Right. I don't know exactly what was in the mud or who, who exactly this. I know he's Jesus. He's a prophet. He's done great things. And he spit. He made mud. He stuck him. I don't know all the details. All I know was I was blind. I was in darkness, but now I'm in the light. Now I can see. It's a picture of God's grace. We don't have to all have it all figured out and get all our ducks in rows and, and figure God all out before he can do something in our life. But once I figure out how God did this and how exactly the creation happened and how exactly, once I get all my things figured out, then Jesus can change my heart and change my life. No, God's gonna change you. And then he's gonna reveal some things to you and reveal some things to you and reveal some things. And it's called faith. It's called this journey, this journey of faith. So this man started out with Christianity 101. I was blind, but now I see. Right. Step one, all right? Acknowledge you are in darkness. Jesus came and brought you into life, okay? I'm sure he didn't stay there. I'm sure that years on, he progressed and got discipled. And I would love to hear his whole story. But we know he took a step from darkness, into life. He didn't know how, he didn't know why, he didn't know all the details. He just knew that Jesus came on the scene. He encountered, he didn't know the answers, but he encountered the one who knows all the answers. So when we're in a dark situation, when we're in a situation we don't know, we just need to go to the one who does know and ask him, God, would you be light in this situation? The man didn't know all the details of what happened. He just knew that he was once blind, but now he could see. And this, this part of the story, it says, I don't know all the details. All I know is that I was blind, but now I see. This, this was an inspiration to this, this hymn that we've been talking about the last few weeks, Amazing Grace. This, this classic hymn, this classic song that was written by this former slave ship captain who was converted to be a follower of Jesus, who then became a pastor. He used to put people in slavery, and then he's He's releasing people from spiritual slavery, and God's used him. And he put this, these lyrics into his song, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound. 
that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. He related to that man in that story. He says, you know, that man's story is my story. I was lost. I was blind, but now I'm found, but now I see. God calls us out of darkness and into his light. Isn't that good news? Isn't that good news? I've, I want to invite Art and Cindy Kenyon to come and share this morning. And, and I've heard just glimpses of their testimony. And the other week I was sharing, and she just shared a little bit more. And I've asked them to come. I want, I want us to hear a real-life story from even in our midst of God calling someone from darkness into light. The Bible says that they overcame the enemy by the word of their testimony and by the blood of the lamb. God can do powerful things through the word of your testament, what God's done in you and through you. So Aaron, and Cindy, come share your story of what God's done in your life, through your life, and, uh, and uh, we just appreciate you. Would you just welcome them as they come and share this morning? Good morning. First of all, uh, I'd just like to say that uh, we are way, way, way out of our comfort zone up here. So whenever we flub up, please excuse us. I'm a kind of behind-the-scenes kind of guy. I feel much more comfortable behind the microphone instead of in front of the microphone. Uh, With that said, uh, my father died when I was three years old. And my mother took me to the Methodist church every Sunday for Sunday school and church. And I was also very involved in the Boy Scouts at another church, a Presbyterian church. And during these times, I learned the difference between right and wrong and good and bad. In my junior year in high school, I decided it wasn't cool to be in the Boy Scouts anymore. So I stopped going During my senior year in high school, I was introduced to alcohol by my peers. Almost immediately, I became a binge drinker, and mostly on the weekends, and I got drunk whenever I could, hiding it from my mom, which meant lying and cheating. After high school, I joined the Navy and was pretty much a typical sailor interested in booze and women, and wherever I was not on the ship... When I got out of the Navy, I got married, kept drinking, especially on the weekends, had a couple of unfaithful times during that marriage, got arrested for drunk driving, totaled in a car in an accident, which is a pretty bad accident, um, which caused insurance problems. So that marriage really got messed up because whenever you have insurance problems from the person that's drinking, the wife... And everybody in the household has the same problems. Uh, At that time, I was pretty much leading a selfish, self-destructing lifestyle, lying, stealing, cheating. After 14 years of marriage, that ended in divorce. And I was at my peak into alcoholism drinking at that time. By myself, I was drinking anywhere from a half a fifth to three quarters of a fifth of whiskey a night myself. I was what you would consider to be a functional drunk, barely able to work for survival and drinking money. 
I got a second driving under the influence arrest when I drove on the railroad tracks coming out of Mechanicsburg. And then I met Cindy. <laughs> Art and I uh, got together and we met at work. We worked together. And I really didn't like Art very much at all. I'd say good morning to him in the morning and he'd grunt at me. <laughs> <laughs> And finally, I said to him one morning, what is wrong with you? And he didn't even know he was doing it. But we ended up, when we'd work for holidays, we worked very long hours. And after the holiday was over, we'd all go to the bar and celebrate. Um, That's where Art and I became drinking buddies. And it was pretty good because he could pay for my booze. And I didn't have to worry about bills at that time. And Art paid for it. So I drank myself silly more than once. Uh, And, um, well, anyway, I had a very lonely childhood. My mom died when I was seven, and my father was an alcoholic. So it was a very lonely childhood. My dad would stay at the bar till all hours, and I pretty much was left to fend for myself from 10 years old on. But uh, I was so lonely, and I didn't know what love was. So I did some pretty, pretty bad things in the name of wanting love. Um, and Art is my fourth husband, and it took me that many times to get the right man. Art and I have been together almost 30 years now. But... Uh, the first time I had, it was, I was way too young. I had a brilliant idea that if I got married and had a baby, then I could move out from under my dad's thumb. Well, guess what? We lived with my dad for 10 years. <laughs> so that didn't work out. Um, um, anyway, I, that was the first time after I had been married, that I got so, so inebriated that I couldn't even see the babysitters when we went to pick up our daughter. I couldn't look down. I could only look a certain way. Couldn't see anything below a certain line. I was so inebriated. I fell asleep on their bed in the guest room after getting very sick in in their bathroom. They thought it was funny, but it scared the heck out of me. So I didn't get that drunk for a while then. And then I got sick with strep throat, and the doctor gave me Tylenol 4s. Well, if one made me feel good, what would four do? I had that addictive personality, and I still have it to this day. I can make anything an addiction. Um, So... That's when the abusing of, I'm a drug addict and an alcoholic recovering. I abused prescription medicine um, and went on to get pretty heavy into the prescription medicine and the abuse um, and the drugs and the, the pot. And oh, my goodness, it was awful. It was absolutely horrible. I remember walking up the battery in New York City at nighttime in my bare feet by myself and 
nobody attacked me. I mean, I'm still here today. So, uh, my daughter would ask me a lot of times, why do you drink, Mom? And I'd say, it's because I'm an alcoholic. My dad was an alcoholic. His dad was an alcoholic. I'm an alcoholic, too. So, and I'd continue drinking. But one day I heard exactly what she was saying to me. And it was after Art and I had gotten married. And I had cancer six months after we got married, or after we got sober. Sober first. We got sober first, yes. And then I had cancer, lung cancer. Then they removed the upper lobe of my left lung. And I had some serious health issues. So... When I got started to get sober, I admitted myself in a 28-day program. And I thought I had gone way too far for God to ever forgive me. I mean, I broke everything in the book. I mean, I, every commandment. I mean, I just, I was an awful, awful person, desperately crying out for love. And then went into rehab, and I learned what was wrong with me. I'm allergic to alcohol, basically. It's the same principle. It kicks in a, a craving. craving for the alcohol. If I take one drink, it kicks in the craving. So um, in the meantime, I went to rehab. Art went into AA. Oh, Art was going through a nasty divorce and, you know, all of that stuff, like he said, and I was still the lonely lady. And... I, we hooked up. We were drinking buddies. He paid for my alcohol. My daughter blamed him for my drinking because he was able to pay for me to get drunk. And my daughter just hated that. And one day, uh, she, had, she was the one that was my instrument to go into rehab because I realized I had done exactly to her what my dad did to me. And I, just, I was just a mess, a total mess. Um, and when I was in rehab, they decided to put me in charge of finding out who was people's higher power. Well, I knew God was my higher power, but he wasn't going to have anything to do with me. But then I found out some people had, like, their car glove box was their higher power, and they'd write their problem down and stick it in the glove box and shut the, and that was taking care of it for them which I thought was really bizarre. And God was talking to me the whole time. I mean, this was all orchestrated by God, and I didn't see it until I was sober, that he had been with me the whole time that I was drunk, or I wouldn't be here today. Went on to be to have a lung transplant three years ago. Um, that's a pretty serious surgery to have a lung transplant. I only have one lung now, and it's a 24-year-old young man's lung. And saw it Friday on a CT scan, and it looked beautiful. It was clear. It was big and white and gorgeous. And the other one looks like a mess. What's left in the left side? But Art and I will be sober 28 years this September. Well, uh, when Cindy went into rehab, I went into Alcoholics Anonymous. 
most people don't realize that Alcoholics Anonymous started was started by a, a group called the Oxford Groups, which was a Christian group back in the 1800s. And they were very um, adamant about getting saved and uh, that type of thing. And the AA Big Book and the 12 Steps of Alcoholics Anonymous have a lot of biblical principles in them. And there's prayers in there that you pray to God for forgiveness and for um, to help you cope. People there were able to cope with life without drinking, which was something new for me. They gave me a little book with the daily meditations and prayers in it. And at that time, Art didn't pray. <laughs> but slowly, every day, things started to make sense. And there's a lot of different sayings in Alcoholics Anonymous that kind of tie into biblical principles, like one day at a time. Uh, first things first, which is Matthew 6.33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. One of them, my favorite, is, but there for the grace of God go I. When we see someone less fortunate than I or struggling with drugs and alcohol, my heart goes out to them. I know where they're at. But God's grace is just amazing, not to coin a phrase, but it is amazing. He picked us up out of the mud and made this little old white-haired lady what she is now, and I'm a praying wife and Amen. With my husband. Another saying that they have in AA is meeting makers make it, meaning that if you go to the meetings, you'll understand what's going on and you'll get better. Well, really, it's Hebrews. It's, there's a verse in Hebrews that says, let's stop meeting together and encouraging each other, which fits Don't right stop. in. Yeah. Um, I started to change during this time. I gave my life over to God. Felt as if we were slowly coming out of the darkness into the light. Decided to find a church, and we went to about three different churches before we ended up at Christian Life Assembly. When we first, the first day we went there, we felt like the pastor was talking straight to us. Yes. And it was really God talking to us through the pastor. That's right. Amen. The grace of God kept us all this time. To bring us here. I think it's amazing how before you're saved, and Pastor sort of talked about this this morning, when you read the Bible, like when I was little and I was in grade school and going to church at the Methodist church and stuff, you'd read the Bible and you didn't understand what it was. Then after I got saved, you read the Bible and you have more understanding and it makes sense. A lot of times it, it just didn't make sense before, but now it makes sense. And the more you read, the more it makes sense. And you put it all together, and I've been to Promise Keepers a bunch of times and turned my life over there, and I'm still learning as we go. But one of the things is I think we've been able to lead two different lives. It seems like we led two completely, two, two completely different, different lives. lives, one in darkness and one in the light. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing. That's powerful. Hey, buddy. I chatted with them on the phone, and he said, he said, thank you so much. He said there was just a difference of not having hope and then having hope. 
you know, and sometimes if we've been Christians for a long time, we sometimes it's easy to forget about where we were before and but uh, be reminded of what God is able to do, what he's able to do in Art and Cindy's life, God's able to do in our life. And each of our stories are different. Maybe it's not a substance things that we wrestle with. Maybe it's a, an issue with uh, lust. It's an issue with stealing. It's an issue with a relationship, a marriage that falls apart. Whatever it is, you know, we still have that issue of sin between us and God. We need to get that resolved. And the only way to resolve that issue of sin is through Jesus Christ and putting our faith and our trust in him. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? You've heard the message today about God calling us out of darkness and into light. You've heard the story about the man born blind, that we are all like that man born blind. We are all born into spiritual darkness, that we need the light of Jesus Christ in our hearts. We've heard the story of Art and Cindy and and heard how God rescued them. He has kept them. He has brought them from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. And the question for each of us today is what about you? What about me? Do we want to be called out of darkness and into his light? First of all, the first question is, are you saved? Are you born again? As Art said, you know, before I was saved, I would read the Bible, I would do this, and it just wouldn't make sense to me. Jesus says that we need to be born again. We need to ask Jesus to come, to forgive us, to rescue us, to declare Jesus as Lord and Savior of our life. He's not just a part of our life. He becomes our life. He becomes the the leader of your life, the Lord and Savior of your life. So if that's you today, you say, Pastor, pray for me. I want to be called out of darkness and into light. I want to be born again today. I want to put my faith in Jesus Christ. Would you just slip your hand up? I'd love to see you just pray for you tonight, this morning. Yes, I see those hands. Anybody else this morning? Call me out of darkness into light. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for calling us out of darkness and into his light. Thank you. I see those hands this morning. God, God sees your hand most of all. I can remember times growing up and just lifting my hand and surrender. God, I need you today. Jesus, I thank you for those that have declared their need for you, Jesus. Lord, that we all need you, Jesus. Thank you for calling people out of darkness and into your marvelous light. Jesus, for those that raise their hand, and maybe they didn't raise a hand, maybe in their hearts they're raising their hand, they're standing up in their seats in their hearts today. The Bible says when we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, when we believe that God raised him from the dead, we are saved. We become born again Christians. We become followers of Jesus Christ when we turn away from the old way and we surrender everything to Jesus. 
So Jesus, I thank you for those that have acknowledged you and have surrendered to you. Honor their prayers, forgive their sins. Welcome them into the kingdom of light, out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of light. And maybe for those of you say, I'm saved, I'm born again, but pastor, I just, I just need to walk in victory today. I need, to, I need to walk in his light. Maybe I've been messing around with darkness again. Maybe I've been messing around with the old life. And today, I want to walk in his light consistently. I want to be empowered by the Spirit to walk in victory for Jesus. Not to walk a complacent, nominal life that, yeah, I, I prayed a prayer one time, but no, I want to walk a victorious Christian life for Jesus Christ. Thank you. If that's you, would you slip up your hand and just say, pray for me, Pastor. I want to walk in victory today. Yes, I see those hands. Yes, thank you, Jesus. Jesus, we want to just walk in victory today. Help us to walk in your light. Help us to be like that blind man that was healed and he walked and his friends saw a difference. They said, hey, he sees now. We might not have all the answers, but God's changing us and he's renewing us. He's giving us hope and life today. Thank you, Jesus. Would you sing this song with us? Amazing Grace. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound of
Jesus, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this moment, Lord, when we experience coming out of darkness and into your glorious, marvelous light. Thank you, Jesus, for those that have made decisions, those that have made recommitments today. Lord, each of us, Lord, would we leave this place different than the way we came? Would we share the love of Jesus with those that we know? As Cindy reminded us, but by the grace of God, there go I. And may we never look down in judgment, but may we help people. Yes, may we point them to the one who knows all the answers. We might not yes. know all the answers, but we can point them to Jesus, the one who is the answer. So Jesus, send us out of here on mission to be those that share the love, the truth, the grace and the mercy of Jesus with all that we see, all that we talk to, our friends, our family, our co-workers, our neighbors. Change us and change those that we speak to. In Jesus' name we pray.